Jesus doesn't give a dictionary definition for, but says, come with me, learn of me. It's like this, picture it like that. And together we will walk this road that is the kingdom of God. That's why it's important to me. And I suggest and invite that it might be important to you. The kingdom of God is like this, says Jesus. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 to 33 and 44 to 52. Reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Parable of the Mustard Seed. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. Parable of the East Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Parable of the fishing net. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish in, of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said, we do. Then he added, every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. I suspect we've all had that experience sometime of uh, somebody saying, do you know where so-and-so lives? And our response is, well, I'm not sure I can tell you the exact number or the address. Um, but I can picture it where they live. Um, I could take you there. I could describe the house to you and how to get there. Um, and I could take you there myself, but I can't actually remember the actual address or the actual number of the house. Um, in the passage that we've heard today, Jesus doesn't define the kingdom of God, but he does talk about it in terms of a picture. He does give a description of it. 
Um, and of course, it is Jesus who can guide us to the kingdom of God and take us there. Um, but he doesn't define it, not because he couldn't define it, but somehow um, picture language is a bit like this, a description. Well, it's like that. Think of it like this. That's a better way to understand the kingdom of God. If you try and define it, a dictionary definition, then you've kind of limited it. The kingdom of God is far more glorious, far more beautiful, far more powerful than that. And so Jesus gives a whole range of parables. Think of the kingdom of God like this, for us begin to understand and to touch base with it. And of course, following him, he leads us and directs us and takes us to the kingdom of God. So many different parables today in today's reading. We can't possibly do justice to them all. And so I wonder whether we might just consider, consider a couple of them. Um, and so maybe we should think about two that go together, really. One which is about a man who finds treasure in a field. And one who is a seeker and a searcher and a merchant in pearls. Because they are different and yet they have the same underlying message, I guess. So there is the, the guy who is um, working, maybe, who finds treasure in a field. He hasn't searched for it necessarily, he hasn't earned it, he hasn't deserved it, but he knows this is something that is valuable and something that he needs to reach out and access straight away. And if, the, if that parable seems a little strange to us, um, just remember that in those days there was no banking system no credit card system. If you had something that we wanted to keep and look after, particularly in a time maybe of war or invasion or of trouble, one of the things you could do was to bury it on your land, remember where it was, and then sometime later come and retrieve it and dig it up. And so presumably somebody had done that, maybe a bit like a squirrel, they had buried their nuts and then not remembered where they'd buried them. Um, and this chap comes along maybe working in the field, who knows, discovers this treasure. Actually, then it becomes his. If you find it in uh, uh, Hebrew, uh, Judaic tradition, then it becomes yours. And to make sure, he goes and buys the field, because if he owns the field, he owns legally everything that's in it. And that treasure then becomes his. By contrast, maybe you have the merchant somebody who is looking and seeking doesn't find it by accident in the sense he's actually seeking for pearls uh, and pearls in those days like gold were intrinsically valuable they were also naturally of course things of great beauty so they were desirable and this man searching for something that is beautiful and valuable finds something that is really really valuable so there's a difference, maybe a poor man, maybe a rich man, somebody maybe in the first instance who's not searching for it, but just happens upon it, not deserved, not earned, matter of good fortune. The second man is wealthier, looking for it, searching a seeker, and he finds something. What binds them together, why they belong together, is there's a common message, isn't there, that actually the thing that is found, both of them recognize that this is of immense value and worth. It's worth selling up everything in order to get this thing, this treasure, that is supremely valuable. 
just like St. Paul writes in one of his letters, everything else I had before when I was a Jewish uh, follower, I count as rubbish for the supreme value of knowing that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And it sounds a bit like a risk, doesn't it? Selling everything to buy this thing of great value, this field or this great pearl of great value. But actually they don't think it's a risk, they think it's an investment because they recognize something here that is a unique opportunity, something that can't be passed by, something that they need to grasp here and now. It's that important. It's a life-changing opportunity that's going to determine their future. They're going to have something that is secure for them, something that is of great beauty for them, something that's going to enable them to move forward in their life and give them a different dimension. I wonder what the kingdom of God for me is like in terms of being a pearl of great price. What is it about the kingdom of God? How do we, how do we describe it for ourselves? What does it mean to be that valuable? For me, I guess, there's something about uh, grace that is supremely valuable in the kingdom of God. Um, I was reading the uh, Avenue's magazine, the, the weekly newsletter uh, from the Avenue today, and uh, there, in it this week, there happens to be um, a welcome sign that's printed outside of Coventry Cathedral. And it's a bit long, but I'm going to read it to you because I think it's lovely. And it goes like this. Welcome. We extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, widowed, straight, gay, uh, questioning, well-heeled and down at heel. We especially welcome wailing babies and excited toddlers. You're welcome here if you're just browsing, just woken up or just out of prison. We don't care if you're more Christian than the Archbishop of Canterbury or haven't been to church since Christmas 10 years ago. We extend a special welcome to those who are over 60 but not grown up yet and to teenagers who are growing up too fast. We welcome keep fit mums, football dads, starving artists, tree huggers, latte sippers, vegans, junk food eaters. We welcome those who are in recovery or still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems, are down in the dumps or don't like organised religion. We offer a welcome to those who think the earth is flat, work too hard, don't work, can't spell, or are here because Granny is visiting and wanted to look around. We welcome those who are inked, pierced or neither. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, those who had religion shoved down their throats as kids or got lost in the ring road and wound up here by mistake. We welcome pilgrims, tourists, seekers, doubters, and especially you. God's grace is for all these people with their strengths, their weaknesses, their hopes, their doubts, their loves, their hates, all their experiences, all their differences, all their joys. And if God's welcome is for all of them, it's for you and me, whoever we are. God is full of grace. God loves us unconditionally just as we are and bids us come to him. The kingdom of God, for me, is precious because it's like that. 
Jesus spent his time with all sorts of people. Didn't matter whether they're rich, poor, godly, called sinners and downlooked by everybody else. They were special to him. And that for me is immensely valuable about the kingdom of God. We are all special just because we are and God has created us. And grace for me is special because it's about forgiveness. We live in a world and in a society and in a culture where actually often we're not very forgiving. If somebody's reputation is trashed on social media or in politics, then it remains trashed. Particularly in social media, people heap all sorts of vile stuff upon people. And sometimes we lack tolerance, we lack forgiveness. The kingdom of God, for me, is about humility and acceptance and tolerance and forgiveness because for God forgives and accepts you and me just as we are. So there's something about grace for me which is immensely valuable about the kingdom of God, something to stake my life on and build it upon. Something about community and belonging together and how we are together. There's something about justice, things matter, how we behave matters. And that's a kingdom of God thing for me as well. And then again, this pearl of great price, this buried treasure, this kingdom of God thing is so valuable for me, partly because it's about hope. Um, some scientists will no doubt would say, I'm just here by chance. I'm just a random collection of molecules, atoms and all of that sort of thing. Um, everything's predetermined by my DNA maybe. But for me, that's not the case. I am here because God chooses that I am here. My life matters. My life is valuable. Uh, my choices matter. What I do matters and matters enormously and eternally. But at the end of my three score years and ten or hopefully a bit longer, hopefully a lot longer, um, no, I don't just end. I will continue in God's care and God's protection and in God's eternity. For me, there is hope, uh, not just personally, but for us as communities, us as a world, because God is God and there is a kingdom. And then again, the presence of God is important for me. It's important for me uh, in my spirituality. I prefer a bit of silence and stillness and a lit candle at times to the noise and the rush and bustle. But also that spirituality that comes from us worshipping together. We had our general church meeting at Bobby Tracy the other night and we were beginning to think about our mission statement. And uh, we asked people, uh, well, what's important about the life of this church for you? And one person was very clear, actually, it's that worshipping together, that's being in community, that fellowship as we pray and praise and sing and all those things, hear the Bible together, that collective thing that's collective spirituality, which is really, really important to me. The breaking of bread, the sharing of wine, the remembering of Christ's last supper with his disciples, the going to Gethsemane, the lonely journey to a cross of wood, the uh, triumph over death, the whole Easter story, and that sense of taking that bread and that wine, that presence of God into myself, that he might live within me and I live with him and all of that symbolizes that for me is core about the kingdom of God and that pearl of great price. 
that sense that God, whatever else, is always with me, within me, alongside me. That journey I have with him. True of me, true of us together. Maybe true of you as well, maybe true of the world, that God never leaves us or forsakes us. And so for all those reasons, I want to build my life, invest myself, take it as my capital and as my value and as my worth, the kingdom of God. For me, it is a pearl, a pearl of immense value. For me, it is like treasure buried in a field. I need to grab hold of that and acclaim it for myself. Even though I don't deserve it, even though I come poor in myself, I need to take hold of that and say, yes, this kingdom of God thing for me that Jesus doesn't, um, it doesn't give a dictionary definition for, but says, come with me, learn of me. It's like this, picture it like that. And together we will walk this road that is the kingdom of God. That's why it's important to me. And I suggest and invite that it might be important to you. The kingdom of God is like this, says Jesus. Amen. Yeah.
content in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved.